Hey, hey. Today's bonus content is a showcase that Zach did with Jazz and Stephen LaFond for their podcast, Whichever Path, which is an audio drama anthology series where audience decisions affect the story. Um, they are really cool folks, and it's a really fascinating interview. But first, I want to tell you about Tab for a Cause, a browser extension that lets you raise money for charity while you do your thing online, whatever that may be. Um, you are listening to this podcast right now, uh, so I can only assume that you, like me, relate to browser tabs in the same way that the mighty Smaug relates to gold plates and coins and stuff. But with Tab for a Cause, whenever you open a new tab, you'll see a beautiful photo and a small ad. And part of the money from that ad goes toward a charity of your choice. You can join our team now by signing up at tabforacause.org slash T-O-A-F-N. That's tabforacause.org slash T-O-A-F-N. Also, I just want to say a quick thanks to everyone who's become a new patron uh, or upgraded their pledge in the last few weeks. That really means a lot to us. If you haven't yet and it's comfortable for you to do so, despite, you know, everything, um, we've still got some reach goals we're trying to hit with some very cool rewards. Um, so take a look at that. See if that's something you think you might be able to do. Okay, that's all for now. Uh, barring, uh, as always, any unforeseen post-production catastrophes, we should be back in two weeks with another batch of minisodes. Um, but now, enjoy our showcase for whichever path. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited today to be joined by Jazz LaFond and Stephen LaFond, creators of the Whichever Path podcast. Jazz and Stephen, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Oh, yeah. This is so great, Zach. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for letting us be here, bud. Yeah. Yeah, this is so exciting. We met at the Podtails convention. We were just talking about it a bit before we started recording back in October in Boston, back when you could still meet people over pizza and stuff. And we had such great <laughs> conversations. It was really the highlight of my weekend. <laughs> it is pretty great yeah oh man yeah me meeting you was like super super fun oh our dog is here oh hi what's the dog's name uh our dog's name is henry yeah he did not go to podtails <laughs> but he is uh he is a rottweiler and labrador mix yeah he's a pretty oh. good and he apparently understood that we were having fun <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to be left out that sounds so cute yeah oh. But but yeah, I mean, it was a great time meeting you and we were really excited that we were able to, you know, just kind of talk to folks who were in that spot of audio drama where where they had a definite feel for for genre. And so that was so cool to be able to like just chat with you and like it was it was a great icebreaker just to be able to like just hang out in this crazily filled to capacity oh studio. Hat. Hat. Yeah, it was full of people who had a, a like interest and you could really feel that passion. Mm -hmm. I think like mm -hmm. through the whole the through the whole event, which was really nice. So yeah, it was a blast. The highest concentration of podcast lovers I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Podtails too, it was like, it was all fiction. We met some really awesome true crime and nonfiction folks who are fans or who are helping out with other shows too, like Kate from Ignorance Was Bliss. And like, you know, we, and then we just, like to have that many people show up and then that many people actually go to the event, like was so bizarre for me. It's awesome. And really fun. It is incredible. Oh my God, all the children are coming. My God. <laughs> so for anyone who's listening, whether it's out or not, I think you should just let it roll. The entire family has come down to see yes. what's going on. It started oh, hi, everybody. And now it's the skin babies. But yeah, Hot Tales was by far one of the one of the coolest individual experiences we've had so far in, in being, being with whichever path. 
and and, and being able to like hang out with folks who like yourself have, have had a show for like way longer than we have and being able to like just talk as peers was like a really huge honor i love being able to push aside ego and you know anything it's like there was no posturing people were really chill of that whole room at Podtails, i think your show whichever path i think has one of the more unique and really cool things going on in podcasts so why don't you tell us about whichever path awesome well thank you thank you for that i like to think that we're unique uh my elevator speech is usually <laughs> whichever path is an audio fiction anthology series bit of horror but not not usually gory <laughs> um, with a choose your own path twist where our audience members get to vote on what happens to our protagonists and characters yeah so basically with the vote uh, the way that it goes is at the end of every episode we have three different choices that we do for a poll and our audience will vote with them on whicheverpath.com they get about a week once we do that we finalize out of the different draft scripts we have which one based on their decisions and we send that to our actors again and they work it out they pr we produce it and we start it all over again for people it's such a unique and really cool way to get that that fan interaction going which i really appreciate it and as a listener what I always really like about it is in each episode, you know, the tension is building, the tension is building. And just when I, as the listener, think what's going to happen next, you stop and ask me what's <laughs> going to happen next. <laughs> and it's really cool. Thank you. We hope that it lands like that. You know, we, we, we try to get it so people still feel engaged and, you know, maybe like for better, for worse, we're not same bat time, same bat channeling in a way that, <laughs> that makes you be like, oh, what the heck? Instead, we're like, yeah, no, you've got to help us finish it which is like an important part. It's it's such a new and different twist on podcasts, I think. And I have to ask you, you said that you you make these offers, like the, the choices that the listeners can vote on, and then you choose which draft to go forwards with. So do you sort of pre-write the different options or do you really winging it as you go? How does that work out? Oh, we don't, we wing, don't wing, we don't wing it. it. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the two of us actually, like we work it out. Jazz is really great with coming up with some awesome concepts and the ideas for the thrust of the plot, but also in imagining some really great characters. And, you know, characterization is a big thing for me for all my writing. And so what we do is then I... I think it's because it's just how my brain works. I feel like I've got like a weird like white guy conspiracy theorist mind. So what, <laughs> so what I and the reason I say it like that is because I draw out in a bunch of my uh, journals sort of like a decision flow chart of the plot and like the way that it could branch out of all possible ways. And some of it comes from being like a dungeon master since I was, you know, or, or, or a storyteller for, for role playing games since I was probably like 16. And so oh, that's awesome. And so like it, it's it's like constructing that, but then doing the decision flow charts like you would in like any interactive video game like Skyrim or Fallout or any of the Mass Effect things where the decisions are based also on those characters and what they would do. And so I have the notes for everything that could go. Some of our stories had 18 different ways they could have ended when I was being super ambitious. Oh, wow. And, and, and that part is, I know. So, like, I roughly know where we're going. But 
What's important is, is I also know that everyone is going to vote differently. And so sometimes what happens is, you know, we were talking to, to a friend and it was like talking about how it's like tapping on the glass in the pet store. <laughs> You're not supposed to do it, but people first do it to just to see what happens. They see the reaction, they find out they're not supposed to, and then sometimes they get more conservative. But when you make those decisions like that, it's not the same as like choose your own adventure in a book where it's like, no, okay, you're dead in the end. It's like, okay, we give you decisions where it's like, okay, you like for in our first story, Squirrels, everybody seems super freaked out in the first at the first episode. So they basically had the main character signal to his contact on the phone that something was terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. But then when they get to the area... Where, where where something could be done with he everyone voted to be more conservative and that actually was really great because what it did for jazz and i was we allowed our characters to deal with a situation where somebody basically chicken littled and then was like oh wait no let's not do anything about it mm-hmm. and so it affected his relationships and the choices it became a cumulative issue to the point that john that main character you know was seen differently by the weird bunch of french canadians living in that barn of sin eaters because they were like what's up with our employee he's like he's he's making some strange decisions and that is actually based on the fact that we really respect the choices people are making and i feel that it adds to the to to making sure that people feel invested in the story still because sometimes the choices we give are just as simple as like you know pick up the phone or let's go get a taco right and then it winds up having these weird butterfly effect ripples later on. I mean, it's a good metaphor for life, I feel, or like a, a good analogy for life, isn't it? <laughs> Making those choices and who knows? You mm-hmm. got little sliding doors and I'm happy about it. Exactly. I like that as been sort of listening, not in real time, unfortunately, so I haven't gotten a chance to participate in the vote. But I like hearing like sort of psychoanalyzing the voters and thinking to myself, oh, based on how, how people did vote the past few episodes. How do I think they're going to vote for the next one? And then I'm so excited when I hear what the outcome is going to be. Have Have any surprised you now when you were going back? Like where like you were like, hmm, or, or, or did you get a pretty good, <laughs> did you get a pretty good psychological <laughs> portrait of, of how our fans have been voting? Honestly, normally they surprise me. Like I, I feel like I can never really predict it. And that's, that's part of the fun too. So even, even if, you know, not being the one voting every week, it's still it's still a great story and a great experience. Oh, thank you. That's what we hope. Appreciate that. So what sort of called to you about the story? What made you decide you wanted to be the as far as I know, the first choose your own adventure podcast? Well, I think that there's been a couple that have also done a similar thing to us. Um, but I think what was different for me um, when we were first conceiving this together was I told Jazz that I wanted something that unlike something where everything was all pre-recorded, which means that essentially it would be its complete thing. And, you know, the novelty would be that you could release all of them based on people's choices and they could still have them was I, I really loved the idea of sharing moments with people. And we both, we've, we've both been performers for a long time. I mean, hell you can hear our dog. He likes to perform. Um, but, (laughs) but, but like the truth, the truth is, is that I wanted to have an interactive story that also people could claim some ownership to, you know, because sometimes I feel that people think like, I don't know if you ever played like Bandersnatch on Netflix, like that, like that, that, that choose your own adventure Black Mirror episode. It was awesome, but, they, but it seemed kind of limited with, with where it could go at, at certain points and, or like you had to still make the same choices. But what we wanted to do is we wanted to give people a chance where they could actually have a real complete narrative 
that they could guide it. And then hopefully, you know, we would be able to release extras occasionally of other decisions or things like that and show people that their real consequences actually shaped a world. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I mean, I've always loved that feeling where, and I think that's been the replay value in like single player RPGs that I had is when I felt like the world was so open and then whoops, you actually stole from that hobo and he's coming back <laughs> later on. It's going to, after, after you've taken out the dragon, he's going to be like, remember me, pal? I'm like, oh no, slippery gym. <laughs> and, and and that's what we're trying to do. And I think that, you know, I love the, like, it's a real compliment when people are saying that, you know, we're, what we're doing is, is unique, but, but really it stemmed from the idea of, we love the idea of immersion and we love the idea of, I don't know, I think the themes of us, we have so much inclusivity in our themes Absolutely. that we also feel that the audience also needs to be included or it's weird. It's just, yeah, yeah it's hollow. We, and I think that's a trend that carries through a lot of what we do is just that that desire for collaboration with our intended Oh, audience. God, God like, yes. There's, yeah. there's just something really fulfilling and fun about creating something that other people can have a hand in and uh, influence, and and the podcast is a great example of that. Yeah. So we're just we're just having fun. Yeah, and I, I mean we'll always get to it later because we could discuss at length all the shows we love that do nothing like what we do that we just totally geek out because their world I feel is like so complete and gorgeous that I just love being a a passenger. But I think for us we're all like nah, let's share this moment with you. Let's let's get it done. Yeah, and I think that podcasts give that unique opportunity that some bigger platforms games or tv shows don't really like you don't even have that option to have that flexibility or that nimbleness to really ask your audience okay what should we do and actually truly listen so i think it's really cool and really unique that the podcast uh, medium allows you to really interact with your fans that way and it it's really cool feeling Certainly the budget constraints and worries about a mass production of a, of a, of a story like that. Thank God for audio drama because oh, yeah. for audio fiction because <laughs> man. 100%. So has there ever been a time, it sounds like you sort of plan out in advance all the possibilities anyway, but has there ever been a time when a fan vote really surprised you or really ruined your plan, so to speak? For me, it was Anna. <laughs> yeah and I, I didn't i wasn't as uh hands-on with the anna storyline and i didn't have a voice in that one but i was definitely uh paying close attention to the votes and when it ended so quickly i was like oh but <laughs> I was like, we could have gotten so weird mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah jazz was spot on with that what, what was ironic was that that was the year we got married and um that was leading up to our wedding yes and <laughs> Anna had the potential of going on for eight episodes and it ended in four. And, wow. And it's because, and I don't want to, I don't, I guess it's been out a year, but like, but all I will say is this, when an AI keeps asking you for something and you keep not giving it on purpose, <laughs> this, this is what you get. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I won't like, like you, it doesn't ruin what happens in the last episode, but I will say this, like, Everyone decided, and this was actually one where people were communicating a lot back and forth over social media. Mm -hmm. All of these people were just like refusing <laughs> to heed the warnings of Anna. And, uh, you know. Anna, like me, doesn't like to hear no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. That's such a cool scenario to have happen, to have your 
your audience so invested that they're debating amongst each other. That's such a cool story. I really like that. Yeah, we my favorite thing. Yeah, we've we've had so much fun with that. As a matter of fact, what's funny is that the guy who played the Lord of the Fae in the second the second storyline is our friend Rick, and he and his wife Melissa have been so gung ho to the point that they've now started building their own podcast and also supporting a bunch of audio fiction and they came into it but one of the big things they did before they did it was they were fighting they were fighting with their friends across <laughs> facebook and social media platforms for days not only about the bad votes they were making but like purposely being like you have to be on this team yes. or the next time we see each other there's going to be a problem and like it was just and they they, they weren't being super serious but their passion really you know early on when we probably had maybe at most 50 people listening to us in that first storyline it it really it, we got a kick out of it we had one guy make a fake news commercial yeah about <laughs> about about what was happening in our storyline specifically so he'd get people to vote his way and i mean oh, wow it's awesome yeah it's awesome we're messy hoes who live for drama <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's <That's> true. great <laughs> uh, guilty <laughs> that's so cool i'm I'm a little jealous right now i'm not gonna lie well i i've seen all of the like awesome fan art the the music all the stuff oh, for yeah. your show i love it and like and like i just love that you have people who are that passionate about what you do it's like a real kick for me and like i I don't know. I love your show. So like, so, oh, thank so, so the fact that you think that, that our weird little like hopscotch for, for the masses is working. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful. Audio drama has the best fans. Like there's, there's just hands down the, the listeners to, to our types of shows, your shows and our show is just the best fans. They're the absolute best. Yeah. I like, I like when people try to also come up with weird theories about what they think are happening in everybody's respective show. Like, yeah, sometimes I love uh, occasionally I'll read them. I'll fall down the rabbit hole of somebody's idea of what they think is going on in somebody's show. They're like, this is what's happening on Moonbase Theta. Alpha. Like, I was just like, what? Get your push pins and string ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that was always my goal. I'm a fan of like Brandon Sanderson's books and Pat Rothfuss's books. Oh, nice. And I like I like reading those fan theories. So when we started making the podcast, my goal was I hope people start making fan theories about us. Mm -hmm. And yeah. and that was when I felt that we had gotten somewhere. It's it's so cool. Oh, it's I, pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's well earned. <laughs> Dang. It's cool from, from your side that like people can have these fan theories, but it influences the outcome. You know, they can they can really make it happen. Yeah, that's mostly true. I think that the difference is that I actually, we had one, some person we had with, with a third story coming out when Anna came out. Who was like drawing lines to like characters that like because it's an anthology series whereas like you know a lot of the folks whom we love are doing these great continuous arcs with the same characters and they're like well i don't know if you noticed this but i think there was a definite choice in using this voice actor because i think that really these characters are related and here's what's <laughs> happening i was like and i was like whoa whoa uh, <laughs> whoa i was like i well even if that could have been true, it won't be now. But um, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so when you went into making whichever path, what were some of your, your inspirations or your influences in making this show? I think the, the giant one, of course, is the Choose Your Own Adventure books, which we both grew up with. That Something about that format and just, I think, for two, two people who grew up as serious readers, 
Um, just something about that format is so engrossing and mm-hmm. was really formative for both of us. So that in and of itself, I think, and and the fact that we're both nerds who enjoy cryptids and such. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Neil Neil Gaiman was oh, really definitely. a big big person for me definitely. on this. Caitlin Kiernan. Yeah, I mean, like I I felt like we we were really trying to go for people who are really good with world building and mm-hmm. and the idea of having a different take on folklore and myth was a big part for us. Mm-hmm. We're huge into world mythology and world religion in our house. And you mm-hmm. know, we're also, we're, we're, you know, we're a mixed race couple. Um, we're bringing influences from our backgrounds together, but also, you know, so, so, so anytime we could see that in, in art, whenever we see that and it knocks us on our feet, off our feet, we, we go for it. I feel like, you know, there's a list of people we'd love to share with everybody, but like, but I think that that's it. I mean, like we just had a love of all of these different people, <laughs> Ursula Le Guin, um, geez, mm. like, yeah, like we just continue to be inspired by where we all came from. And anytime somebody wanted to look at something in a way slightly different, you still tell those classic stories that hit the hearts and souls of people. We're like, yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From your list, I know Neil Gaiman's work the best personally, and you really feel that that sort of that reflection too of like that sort of like spooky something is slightly different from how you'd expect it sort of feel. And it's, it's really awesome. I have to ask though, Jazz, you mentioned of course the choose your own adventure books from a kid. When you read these as a kid, did you read it sort of the right way where you chose one choice and stuck with it? Or did you do like me and always read all three options before choosing finally? So you know what I would do? And it drove my mom crazy because my mom was kind of a purist when it came to handling a book. But what I would do is I would <laughs> I would read to a certain point that if like I got to a choice where I either died or or something didn't go quite right, I would dog ear the page. <laughs> and I would go back to my previous choice and try to fix it. And so, like, it would take it would take me longer to finish the book because I was constantly going back. Which but, I think is great. Like, once I found like the perfect storyline, whatever that means, <laughs> um, I was like so. I had like this weird sense of pride in myself. I was like, I finally did it. I did. I did nothing but read it and then be petulant. But I felt like I had made it. <laughs> and awesome. I, I had this just stack of choose your own adventure books and goosebumps uh did books like that too so i had Mm -hmm. i had choose your own adventure and i had goosebumps books that had choose your own uh path and i just had this entire shelf of these dog-eared books that my mom refused to look at (laughs) (laughs) that's such a good story (laughs) i was a weird kid (laughs) that's that's awesome because you can't like i've always had like almost fomo you know what happens (laughs) in that other path Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I need to know and I need to know now. Dog, you're this page. <laughs> you and I, we were on the true, correct way to read these books. Everyone else was wrong. Exactly. Exactly. They need to get on our wave. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Stephen, how did you do it? No, I actually, I did a similar thing. Like what I did is every time there was a decision, I stuck my finger. Ooh. in in that and then i would oh. flip to my choice and then be like ah and then i would go back <laughs> so like so so like you know like i feel like that that was the thing like y- you had to know um i feel like 
there were some books where I was too worried about the consequences that if I chose right all the way through, I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that to this guy <laughs> or this girl. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin these people's lives. I, I won. But I, but there was one that was about an alien invasion where my favorite one was that you either fought the aliens or you wound up joining them, which was a weird twist. And then when you join them, you actually become part of their space program and you go out and start exploring alongside these weird oh, wow. aliens. And my favorite part was you meet aliens and they try to show you what they believe. They're like, we reconstructed a human's throne room. Uh, and showed a king and really it was a bathroom and like like the the toilet seat was around his head like some sort of like crown and like it was a threat yeah and and like i loved it because it was just it was such a great idea because like you could actually be the freedom fighter in it like every 80s movie you could fight the aliens and win or you could join them and then eh, rather than worry about whether or not it's this turns out the aliens aren't really fascist they just realize we don't know any better yeah. <laughs> and then they they believe in us and they let us go out and correct correct ideas about toilets that's, for that's such a cool twist <laughs> yeah i loved it it was so good yeah that's that's amazing and then the other question which is the a question i find myself facing when i'm listening to to your show too and deciding which way i would have voted if i were listening currently do you want to choose sort of what you would choose in that situation when you hit this choose your own adventure or do you choose what you think is going to be the best story Mm. when i read the books i would i would usually go with how i wanted things to go first and then i would reread it and just do what what i thought the intended or best story was but Mm. selfishly i'd I'd be like all right what do i want first (laughs) (laughs) i feel like every time with the exception of like a few, whenever it would end real quick and you'd die in one page, that oh, was the wrong, that I was the wrong thing. Story oh, 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 go ahead. <laughs> I was reading one of the Goosebumps uh, books, actually. And I think it was, uh, there was like some sort of spooky hospital that you go to and you go and sit in the, like, the, the waiting room, like, you know, normal. And I remember I chose to, when they called my name to go into the doctor's office, finally, like I chose to say something flippant to mm-hmm. the doctor yeah. and turn the page and immediately like first choice, you're dead, go back. And I was like, how dare? Wow. <laughs> like, I was like, I should be allowed. That's aggressive. Yeah. I was like, oh my R- God. That's R.L. Stein and crew trying to Seriously? correct kids' bad behavior. <laughs> yes. No respect authority. <laughs> oh. Hilarious. <laughs> so you were, you were kind enough to provide uh, an episode for our listeners to hear to get a little taste of your show. And I think it's the, the first episode in your most recent plot arc. Is that right? Yeah. It's episode one of Chosen. Tell us about it. What do we need to know before we dive in to listen to this this episode? Chosen is the story of what happens. It is a story about a band called Illusory Redemption, which was America's first attempt at black metal and a group of teens who were willing to do anything for that fame, including possibly uh, selling their souls by the crossroads. And then, it, take, and then it comes to to a head uh after a murder and 25 years later the surviving members of the band are confronted with with their former friend who had killed one of the bandmates and basically their their world starts to kind of unravel you find out what happens to them like after after a series of crazy events and then perhaps maybe 
the idea of what they were doing might actually be as supernatural as the legend was as the legend rather band was perceived without further ado let's let's dive into the the episode or listen to it uh to our listeners you won't be able to vote on this one this vote has passed already unfortunately but i hope you enjoy the clip and we'll be back in a minute to discuss it a little more whichever path is for mature audiences depictions of violence adult themes and foul language are all over these stories listener discretion is advised Wait, out here? You're not fucking serious, though. We are talking about history here. Glenn Benton of Deicide branded an inverted cross into his forehead, and in Norway, they burned churches and even killed each other. This? This is nothing. That's what you went with. It's not murder or arson, so we're okay. Wait, so... So wait, are we really out here to do a ritual? Or is this like we're just going through the motions for the street cred for the band? Exactly. No one's asking you to burn down churches or to kill people. Uh, Hell, we're not even killing a dog. Uh, There's no crime. We cut our hands, we perform a ritual here at the railroad crossing, and we give our souls to be the most loved black metal band in the world. Where did you get this ritual? I've been in Salem, Mass. off and on in the past year, gathering materials and books. I wrote it based on Aleister Crowley's stuff. So you made it up. It's based on Thelemite mysticism and... Bro, just admit you made it up. Mierda, you know what? Fine, let's do it. Whichever path presents our brand new interactive story, Chosen. Stay tuned at the end of the episode for the vote and some important announcements. But rather than have you wait, let's just start, shall we? Hello. Hi, Hector. It's Mira. Mira, are you okay? What's wrong? I was going to text you, but I can't write it. Ramo, he's... Where are you? Right now. I can come to you. 
I'm on my way to Hackbard's. They got his call about an hour ago. Hackbard's really shaken up. Oh, if you're getting together, do you want me to just... Can you meet me there? Okay, give me his address. 72 Deacon's Gate. I'll be there in ten minutes. Angie, I gotta go out. Wait, who was that? Mira. Who is... Oh, Mira. From the band. Is she okay? Let me get my coat. No, no. You got to stay here, Karina. The doctor told you not to leave the house until it's time for the baby. It sounds serious. If I can be there, I want to be. No, no. I'll check in, though. I've got my cell. I'll text you or call to let you know it's okay. But I need you back in bed. Cuidate. Get home before I watch Castle Rock without you. Hector. Hi. Yes? Bring home cookies and cream. Or don't come home. <laughs> Hi, man. I haven't seen you in a long time. Mira's in the bathroom. Come on in. I thought that was for me for a second. How are you? I, I didn't know you moved back to town. Mom died a few months ago. This is her spot. I'm going through some things tending to the trust. Whether or not I stay for good, I'm not sure. You look good, man. The years have been good to you. Hey, thanks, bro. I got married. We're having a kid. Shit. Are we really this old? <laughs> what about you? No kids, no partner. I've been really involved in advocacy. Haven't really found anyone that would make me take the leap, you know? Well, you look good. Besides the gray up top, and your hair being a little shorter, you look like you stepped out of the picture I still got of you and Levy. So, Rommel called you? He did. He called here. I hadn't disconnected Mom's landline. I have his voicemail. He sounds spooky as fuck in it. Hi, Hector. Mira! Oh my god, look at you! I'm coming in for a hug. Is that cool? Sure. I hope you don't mind if I don't get up. <laughs> Alright. So, what the fuck did Rommel want? I think you'd want to hear it. If you're up for it. I can deal with it. Play it. Hi, Mrs. Wallen. This is Hagbard's friend, Rommel. I was hoping that you'd be able to let Hagbard know that I'm back home, and I would like to catch up with him. I'm staying in Manchester with some friends. The number is 555-1616. If you can give him the number, that would be great. If not, I'll come by in a couple of days and drop off some flowers to you. Maybe the three of us can have dinner. You were always like a mom to me. Fucking asshole. Shit. He acts like... He went away to college. It's so manipulative, too. He knows she's dead. 
How do you know? Hold on. Here, he sent a homemade card from jail to the house. To the Wollen family, an angel is now in heaven. I am so sorry for your loss. You're in my heart. Love, Rommel Malkin. That is some psycho shit right there. He's going to try to come by in two days. I think Hagbard should call the cops and share the message and the card. Just make a paper trail out of it. I don't believe they'll do much, as we haven't had any contact up until now. But he did kill Levy, and that could probably get a temporary restraining order for a bit. I never thought he'd actually get out. He always used to shoot off his mouth, remember? I thought... Well, I thought he'd die in there. He's got no right trying to reach out to any of us. What the fuck does he want? I don't know, but... I got a kid on the way any day now, guys. I... I don't want my family anywhere near this mess if I can help it. Well, he left his number. I could always give him a call and tell him not to come by. Do you have a gun? A gun? I wouldn't have opened the door with a bat if I did. You remember the letter he sent me after he was sent away? Blaming me for what he did to Levy? For orchestrating... I've got to call the cops. Well, you both have to do what you can to feel safe now that he's out. I'm going to take care of Angie and the baby's safety in my own way. I'm here for the two of you if you need me. I... I hate that he's the one who got us all back together like this. But after hearing that voicemail, I think I should get back home. Hagbart, let's exchange numbers and let's keep in touch while we try to figure this out. I understand. Sorry to make you come out here for this. Nah, it's okay. I'm sorry I'm leaving so soon, but I'll be in touch. Mira? Yeah? If you do call the cops and they want to talk to any of us, I'll talk to them if I have to. Just don't lead with it. Okay, Hector. See you. Okay, grocery store, cookies and cream, and home. Grocery store, cookies and cream, and home. 555-1616. Fucking pendejo. Alright, let's get this done. Your choices this week are get the ice cream and go talk to Angie, call Hector's cousin for some intel, use the phone number to look up Rommel, make your decision at whicheverpath.com slash vote. Voting will close on Thursday, February 6th, so be sure to vote 
and get your friends to also choose the path. Then, join us back here in three weeks to see what the masses have chosen for our protagonist. This episode stars Lito Belasco as Hector, Mike Gagne as Rommel, DJ Silvis as Hagbard, Vin Vox as Mira, Jazz LaFond as Angie. This story was written by Jazz and Steven and produced by Steven. The transcript is available on our website. The track Forsaken was written and composed by David Hawkins with lyrics by Steven. The song Latin American Bachata Lunes was by APA Music. You can find them on pond5.com. And we're really excited by this one. The song you hear in Hector's studio and car, Demons Are Back, is by Norwegian musician Bordis, who appears with permission. I've loved him since the late 90s, and if you can, you need to check out his live tour happening right now in the United States in support of his Spirit of Rebellion album, which is a triumphant return to the era one music that inspired the whole dungeon synth genre. He's appearing at Come and Take It Live in Austin, Texas on January 31st the Gas Monkey Bar and Grill in Dallas on February 1st, and the Riot Room in Kansas City, Missouri on February 2nd. You can find a list of even more of the tour dates at bandsintown.com, searching for Mortis. And that's Mortis, M-O-R-T-I-I-S. If you also want to hear some more of his work, you can also head to mortis.bandcamp.com. If you're looking to support our show, consider joining our Patreon We've just started a new storyline, and if you join right now in February, you can vote in a new decision point, so you'll have not one, but two stories to have a hand in. That's patreon.com slash whichever path. This week, we welcome Quentin Walker and David S. Deer to the ranks of our squirrel feed. That's it for this week. Choose the night. Choose the unknown. Choose the path. Welcome back. So now we've just heard the the first part of the chosen arc. Why was this the clip that you wanted to show off? What what is it that you like about this episode in particular? I like how it begins. Um, we literally start in the past, um, like a cold open of, of of seeing this band and how they're interacting as teenagers, um, getting ready to do this fake satanic ritual that has been made up by Rommel. Um, and then we, f- then after the, after the intro, we then start seeing exactly what happened to all of them as they're now adults. Um, and how the, the murder of their, their friend Levy by, by their former bandmate Rommel, um, kind of shaped the way that their entire lives went afterwards. And they've all kind of grown apart until Rommel has returned trying to, uh, get the band back together more or less. Mm-hmm. And we, we, I was really proud of this because this was jazz's, this was jazz's baby. This was an idea about that. They really wanted to show a crossroads story because like, that's a very American idea. The idea of going, you know, and it's an, and it comes from an African American folklore and urban legend, the idea of selling your soul for, 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 for blues fame. I was just about to say, yeah, it tends to be a legend that is, really centered in the blues and jazz uh, world. And I thought it would be so interesting to fast forward a few decades and, and bring it um, into, into black metal and see how that would play out. 
And there was also something really nostalgic about it for me, you know, being being the age that I am. <laughs> but sort of having lived through this era when um, black metal was really on the rise and you were seeing that in so many places and hearing the, the, the rumors and legends that sort of went with the bands, kind of seeing how that would also... Uh, play with the the crossroads aspect of the story it i just i just thought it was too cool of a concept to pass up mm-hmm. the, the crossroads legend it's it's such a like that perfect level of really cool a little bit creepy and just enough like what if to to really make such a good compelling kind of creepy story isn't it right yeah yeah that that was kind of what was exciting about it to do it's like oh well this is extra spooky because of the what if, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and 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 the 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 spin on it, of course, is the idea is that the band has no- notoriety, but they never got off the ground. So if it was indeed, you know, a possible thing, like if the ritual does indeed work, which you see it un- see those flashbacks unfold and the consequences of them throughout the rest of the story, what happens if you sell your soul for something that you don't even bother to get? Like, and yeah, it's like, it's like the idea of, okay, you know, you say, okay, you bought the car, you can take it off the lot. Nah, never mind. (laughs) But you still have to deal with those consequences now, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And also the whole 25 years later, like a lot of times you think about that, that legend sort of like in the immediate, like, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blanking now. The, the musician who's, uh. The original legend was about or one of the original legends was about died young right oh yeah that's true and like the the idea the idea of it is that pretty much anyone that people believed had made a faustian pact that like sometimes this even happens with rock musicians in the 60s after after all of that was the idea that oh well obviously they were in satan's service and that's why they're gone you know like they the, the devil came to collect you know real quick you know, there's there's even like there there's this one internet rumor about the idea of why all the uh, like Cobain and like everybody else all ODs at like 27, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like maybe that's some some part of their deal. And in this case, you know, these guys are in their 40s now. You know, like th- these folks are in their 40s, and and instead they're you know they're all over the place. Some of them are more of a mess than others. You know, you know Hector. Who's our who's our kind of our intro main character? Because like they all have their own shot in in all the sh- stories. Like we really are about if you're if you're a character that's going to be there through the whole thing, we want to give people a chance to breathe with them. He 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 had a whole different life planned, I think, and then now he's like an expectant father, and he thinks his life is coming together, and then out of nowhere, you know, this horrible scumbag everybody thought was going to die in prison has been let out on parole. And he's been harassing their old friends enough that they're all reconvening to decide what to do about it. And I think that that's, you know, that that was the real fun thing for me. And it, and it happened up here in New Hampshire. So, like, the idea of it for it being a New Hampshire story, this is a very New Hampshire-based story. <laughs> it is a very, it's very much the spirit of New Hampshire. A lot of the characters you see in it from, like, Mexican-American folks and, like, the mixed people who are, like, dealing with, like, being part of a metal band because, like, it goes against the stereotype of what most idiots thought you'd be into. And, like, like it, 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 we really stress all of that. And, it, and I think the authenticity, it's a real credit to our actors and to, you know, and to also the idea of where where i think that the the audience wanted it to go 
because a lot of people pick stuff that really forced people to like get into New England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I wanted to say also uh, we were discussing a little earlier about uh, using using podcasts and especially your interactive format to really foster sort of an inclusivity and having the podcast reflect everyone in light of that i really love the way that you use spanish you know that's spanish-speaking people of course they'll speak spanish but i feel like that's something that especially mainstream media sometimes ignores and so it's really i really appreciate the way that you you include that thank you wow thanks um yeah i mean but that's uh, that that was a big big thing i mean we 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 want to give characters with also a strong sense of their identity mm-hmm. and i mean hector has his definite you know real self in it and i it's not like we're going to reveal like oh this is actually really our friend chat uh, you know mm-hmm. carlos mm-hmm. that we just changed his name that's it's not that it's based on the experiences of of folks um in new england that we've grown up around and that we've known and I think that the authenticity is there. I mean, it's also, you're pulling a lot from jazz's experiences too. You know, jazz has a bunch of Latinx background as well as, you know, yeah. Afro. Yeah. yeah. I identify as Afro-Latinx as well as being, um, having a really rich African-American upbringing and, and, and uh, Jamaican upbringing later on in life. So I'm kind of all over the place, but I feel like it's important to bring that through in our stories and not just my background, but, you know, all of the uh, different flavors of diversity and inclusivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like one of the things that we always try to do is never, never just sort of default to a certain type of story because it's not, it's not an accurate uh, depiction of the world that we live mm-hmm. in. And even though our worlds are, you know, oftentimes fantastical, it's important to understand that fantastical shit can happen to <laughs> all sorts of people. But yeah, yeah. So it's it's an honor, and I was glad that I was able to use some of my Spanish, and I've been able to use some of my patois and other other. Uh, oh God, yeah. And sort of display, for lack of a better word, you know, my my whole identity. Yeah, it's been really nice. And, and I think, and what what Jazz is also saying is that one of the big themes for whichever path, the big thing that we have tried to do. This was actually a big thrust for me when when we started this was that in addition to having these interactive stories, one of the things that I don't know, like when you think New England and you think genre fiction, who are the who are the writers or the stories that come to mind for you, Zach? Obviously the very first thought is always Stephen King, right? Yep. And and me too. Because we grew up with Stephen King. We both did. Right. And, and that's and, a very prim suburban white guy feel. Right. It like and even his characters that aren't scarily stock in their stereotype because like he has a few that actually are surprisingly good for their time but the areas that he does the they're where he grew up and often they're informed by how he grew up in a very white town in like the 60s you know Mm -hmm. well jazz and i grew up in a very a demographically changing new england i would say we're very different new england jazz grew up in an area that was you know not predominantly white i grew up in a weird white town but like i wound up leaving it and then starting to travel a lot within new england and there were all these pockets of different types of people you know and they're here and they've been here for decades or longer and they don't often get their stories told 
and they don't often get seen and it's not it's a novelty to use it like it's like not like we're like oh look this is our gay story in maine like that's that's not at all what we're doing we're we're showing you that you have a trans neighbor and mm-hmm. if if something messed up happens in your town and they're the one who who it's happening to or like they're they're the ones dealing with it that that their identity still matters obviously but their characterization and how they approach things is coming from that lens and we have been trying to put that into our stories like you know what does an african american mother with a jamaican background who's also like into the yoruban faith like like actually like you know the orisha what does she do when confronted with the supernatural in her home it's going to be different than what rebecca might do or 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 summer west in bedford new hampshire and we wanted to show that and we Mm -hmm. wanted to respect it and one of the things that i think is really cool is like you know a lot of people get readers for when they're doing like modern fiction like that um just to see like oh sensitivity wise we've been so lucky to have actors from all different backgrounds often from exactly the kind of people that they're playing and be like, Hey, what do you feel? Is this comfortable? Is there this? Is there that? The only people who are often we check in with more are the, are, are the white actors who some, who, who a couple of them have played racist people. And so we're mm-hmm. just trying to make sure because they're not like that, like that they're okay with with, 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 with how we've set them to be antagonistic towards other people. And thankfully that's paid off. I think that I still owe Shannon from Oz Nine an, an, an extra hug next time I see them. I think I think it's really important and really great that you're able to accomplish that in the podcast. Yeah, you're right. I I, I agree with you. That was just me and being extra affirmative, I guess. <laughs> is there is there anything else about whichever path about your podcasting experiences or really anything you want to discuss or bring up at the moment? Um, I think as always, you know, find talent from diverse backgrounds and inclusive backgrounds um mm-hmm. uplift those voices create storylines challenge yourself to create storylines that are inclusive of more than one experience the stories exist and the cult and the characters are rich let's uh let's uplift them yeah extremely well said thank you so much Tell us, where can our listeners support whichever path? Where can they find your work? We're on almost every streaming network. And I guess Libsyn's trying to get us to also go onto Amazon Music. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, whicheverpath.com. Uh, if you want to support the show and see, like, we actually have exclusive interactive storylines and alternate takes, alternate decision points, as well as original stories on our Patreon um, for on the squirrel feed as we call it um and that's mm-hmm. patreon.com slash whichever path and i mean like you can start listening to those for like just like five bucks a month and we have like extra stuff for for other tiers but really like honestly we just love that people are out there um whichever path which by the way whichever path is it's a pun so it's w-i-t-c-h ever path you can thank mm-hmm. jazz for that and uh um, a good pun it, it's it's so effective so whatever <laughs> and 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 really what we would just say to do is that if you love it just you know you can review it but also share it with other people who you think would really get a kick out of it i mean we're going to start back up again in september we're taking our little vacation as we set up the new studio but yeah like go through and enjoy it you know 
<laughs> Su- suffer through our low, our 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 our, our <laughs> learning audio production in the first story, and then enjoy yourself from that on out. <laughs> I mean, that's that's like a standard podcast greeting. Every like, every podcast. podcaster you speak to, that's the podcast text. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but really, your 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 quality at the beginning is good, and it becomes amazing as you go on. If I do say so myself, I oh thanks. Really enjoy your show. Um. Everyone who's listening, I hope you go check it out. It's a really great show. Finally, we're trying to do this showcase where we're trying to build up the whole audio drama community. So are there any other audio dramas, not one of the ones that you've made, but anything else you want to talk about or shout out or send people's ears towards? Absolutely. So many. Yeah. If you if you haven't checked out uh, Moonbase Stayed Out, that's a huge one. Ninth World Jur- Journal is one of my favorites. Absolutely. I don't know how many people. I, I I think I came into this kind of late, but Uncanny County's a great one. Oh God, yeah. Um, really love listening to that. Do you yeah. have any? Yeah, uh, Oz Nine. Oz Nine should not be that funny. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I mean, like Shannon is so funny. Um, Oracle of Dusk is amazing in terms of a medium. Really, like it's a quiet story, and I love it. Um, and then uh, Unwell is great. I've been I've been really just adding shows a lot while we're you know unpacking still, and it's mm-hmm. been so much fun to be able to hear these things. Um, oh, uh, you know it's it's really dirty, but I I really enjoyed Caravan a lot, and I'd love for Caravan to come back, please, because I don't know that was surprisingly for a horny story. I uh, I was. I was really engrossed. <laughs> it reminded me of playing Deadlands when I was when I was younger, the Weird West role playing game. So it made me extra happy. A lot of these I'm not familiar with. So I'll have to check a lot of these out. That's awesome. Thank you for the recommendations. Of course, Daz, Stephen, this was wonderful. I'm so happy we got to speak with you again. I hope once the world is back to normal, we can meet in person again and hang out, maybe play some board games. But yes, it's been this has been an awesome conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you, and yeah, you, you're on. Once, once, once we lift this, let's get together. This is great. Definitely. Thanks. Thank you. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying the Once in Future Nerd, you might enjoy this show from our friends. Are you looking for a D&D podcast that'll make you laugh? How about one that'll make you cry? Sweat profusely with stress and anxiety because of a flippin' mule? Taking Initiative is a Dungeons & Dragons 5e actual play podcast with an audio drama feel. These episodes are scored, character-driven, and filled with utter bullshit. Mostly because of Nick, let's be honest. Featuring special guests, The Venture Maidens, D&D is for Nerds, and more. Plus, we're in Wizards of the Coast podcast of series. Welcome, everyone. It's your pal, Ray Ray. That was an interesting time you had, Nick. I pat the horse on the rump. Thank you, great-grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> he just said his hopes and dreams. He didn't cast a spell. You gotta get down deep and lift from the knees. So that's the only big organ he has. <laughs> Damn, taking initiative. Look us up on Twitter at TI underscore pod and on our website, takinginitiativepodcast.com.